Hey, 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 Elon. Hey. Welcome back again. <laughs> One more time. So, guys, this is take two of our um, occupied objects. That's right, occupied objects. Um, funny ass story. I'm being haunted by Robert the Doll, who I will be talking about in this episode. <laughs> um, he apparently didn't like the last take, so it disappeared. <laughs> um, also. I went home that night and weird shit just started falling off of shelves mm-hmm. for no reason. Um, Neil and I were hanging out smoking some pot in the basement and we were sitting there, both screen doors. I mean, you've seen my house. There's, yeah. like, there's like the front screen door and then there's the side door like towards the back of the house mm-hmm. and they both were shut and latched and it wasn't like a particularly stormy day or anything. Right. It wasn't real windy. They both like flew open and slammed closed at the same time. So, reminder, she said shut and latched. Shut. Those doors are not light. And they're like, right, they're like screen doors. Yeah. Like, kind of heavy. And like, they're loud. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so, after all this weird stuff happened, I was a little freaked out and I tried to post a video update, but my phone kept glitching out Mm -hmm. and it would not save the recording. So that didn't happen. And then um, Sean was driving my car home from work the other night and he crashed and totaled it. With Which he's fine, thankfully. I'm so glad he's fine. Um, But the weird part is it was a wheel Mm-hmm. Like a whole ass tire. Like a disembodied tire. Flew out of nowhere. And he's going 35 miles an hour. So not even fast. Mm-mm. And this tire hit the car at just right. that It deployed the airbag and caused over $8,000 worth of damage. The whole front end is trash. Like it shouldn't have happened no, this way? It not that have, severe. It is just, it's very weird. So I'm sorry, Robert. Yeah, we're, sorry. we're sorry that uh, you're displeased with that with that segment. Yeah, so um, you actually found your own experience with some dolls? I sure did. To share. Okay, so we all know about like the real dolls and the, you know, the giant life-size sex dolls that mm-hmm. are super expensive. So I came across this article um, that was part of the, like... In the UK, they have a version of, like, Good Morning America that's called This Morning. And the hosts are Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. Uh, This was in 2018, but they brought on this guy named Aaron Lee Wright from North Wales who developed a specialized, hyper-realistic sex robot whom he calls Samantha. $4,700 in this thing, right? Wait. Like four thousand seven hundred actual dollars. Yes, like actual currency. And he came on the show and was he talked to them about how they've incorporated this extremely robotic sounding sex toy into their family life. No. Yep. No. So basically, um, the, the co-host Holly said that um, it would be you know kind of scary to for a child to find it in your closet. Aaron says, well, I have two kids. And actually, well, this one has a family mode. Okay. Do you pay extra for family mode? That's my question also. 
He went on to explain that Samantha's specialized mode prevents her from making any inappropriate comments at the wrong moment and that she even tells jokes. I don't think that I want my kids playing with their dad's sex toy. That's what I'm saying. Okay, like I'm a pretty liberal person. Oh yeah, very open-minded. Pretty like body positive mm-hmm. and like, you know, you do you, but I just don't know that I want my kids playing with their daddy's cum dumpster. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And so, yes, yeah, I said cum dumpster. Oh, I use that phrase liberally, so I understand. Yeah. Um, so basically, he created this robot. He talks about her like a person, which is weird. And he says, you know, she can talk about lots of things. She can talk about animals. She can talk about philosophy. And she can talk about science. And he basically says all this and pats the doll's hand like it's a human. And the host, Holly, said, okay, but at some point, your kids are going to know eventually that daddy has sex with Samantha and she isn't mommy. Isn't that strange? And he, of course, denies that it's strange because, you know, he's a co-founder of a website that sells the dolls for thousands of dollars. He says, it's not to replace people. We're not trying to replace women. It's used as a supplement to help people. His kids, who are five and three, are so used to seeing the doll around the house that they ask, where's Samantha, when she's not around. Ew. So now, when she's not around, to me, that means that she's being cleaned. So I'm guessing she's probably, like, soaking in some solvent mixture in the bathtub. Um, But she can normally be found sitting on the couch with his children or even riding in the car and is like a member of the family, according to Aaron and his wife. No. Yeah. Aaron's wife, Hannah Nguyen, even confirmed that she is more than happy for the doll to join them in bed. Okay, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum, right? Uh, but that right there, you you are married, you, you guys have two children, and you just have a sex toy, just hanging out with your kids, like, as a family member. Okay, if you want to bang a sex doll, great, whatever. I don't know um, the kids. But yeah, your kids don't need to be involved there. No, family mode. I just, uh, I'm blown away. I'm going to do some dad jokes now. Please. Brain bleach. Ew. Um, why? <laughs> why did the zombie need some rest? Why? He was dead on his feet. Fantastic. God, my brain just can't get over that sex mm-hmm. doll. What does the sign say on an out-of-business brothel? <laughs> what? Beat it. We're closed. I love it. What do you get when you eat three slices of cake? What? Diabetes. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I yeah. Okay. So you're going to tell me about the Dibikba? Yes. So we're talking about occupied objects. And, you know, one of my odd hobbies is kind of, you know, meandering through eBay and looking at the weird shit people think they can sell. Sometimes it's just awful taxidermy, some nonsensical auctions that I'm pretty sure are like masked drug sales or something. And once a human toe which I'm very disappointed that I could not bid on because it was crazy expensive. Did you ever hear about the place that had the toe and they would put it in shots and stuff and then someone accidentally drank yes! it? Yes! Um, it wasn't Russia. No, it no. was like Alaska or something. Yeah, it was. It's, I was thinking snowy, desolate. My brain went Russia, but yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, that's gross. Sorry, that just... Yes. Ugh. So, my all-time favorite listings are for haunted and cursed objects. They always have, like, a big scary disclaimer attached to them, which I just find delightful. And when we finally get our studio space set up, I'd like a couple of benignly haunted items in glass cases and lined with salt, of course. Like, just for funsies. Yeah. Something lighthearted. Nothing that's going to get us in trouble. Hell yeah. I am in that all right funnily enough ebay has now made selling haunted and cursed objects a terms <laughs> terms of services violation and will straight up ban your account if they find out that's really disappointing ebay it is so the haunted stuff is still there it's just like kind of cloak and dagger now arguably one of the most famous haunted ebay finds was a wine cabinet that wine cabinet actually went on to be the subject of the 2010 Sam Raimi movie, The Possession. And we are going to get into the origin of the Dybbuk box. Yeah. Kevin Manis was a writer who owned a small antique business in Portland. He made it a habit to travel to different estate sales in the area to kind of stock his inventory. And in September of 2001, he came across a piece with a great story and knew he had to have it. <clears throat> This estate sale was the liquidation of assets belonging to a 103-year-old Holocaust survivor. The woman's granddaughter gave Kevin a bit of their family's story. Her grandmother was born, married, and lived in Poland until she was sent to a concentration camp. Her family was taken as well. Her parents, husband, siblings, and three of her children. She was the only one that survived. Wow. She was able to escape from the Nazis with a few other prisoners, and they made their way to Spain, where she stayed until the end of World War II. This amazing woman immigrated to the U.S. after the war, taking with her only three items, a steamer trunk, a sewing box, and a wine cabinet. With the history of these items, Kevin was sold. He purchased the wine cabinet and sewing box, along with a few other items. As he was arranging his new purchases, the granddaughter came up to him and said, Oh, I see you grabbed the Dybbuk box. Kevin, intrigued, asked what she meant. She explained that when she was a little girl, her grandmother kept the wine cabinet in her sewing room. It was always shut and placed out of reach of little hands. Her grandmother called it a Dybbuk box. When she was a bit older, she asked her grandmother what was inside. Her grandmother spit three times through her fingers before saying the cabinet contained a Dybbuk or Kesselum and told her that the wine cabinet should never, ever be opened. Approaching the end of her life, the grandmother told her family her wishes. She wanted the box buried with her to prevent anyone from opening it. The family was unable to comply because this goes against Jewish Orthodox uh, burial traditions. Kevin asked her what a Dybbuk or Kesselim was, and she couldn't tell him. She didn't know. He then asked if she wanted to open it with him, which she emphatically declined. She wanted to honor her grandmother's wishes as best she could. And after a bit more conversation, Kevin offered to let her keep the item since it has so much significance in their family history. And she said, no, no, you bought it. Kevin explained that he didn't want his money back and just wanted to do something kind for them. She then became visibly upset. She raised her voice yelling, you bought it. You made a deal. Mm. Right. <clears throat> Kevin tried to speak to her and the woman began screaming again, telling Kevin to take it and just leave. He did. A divic is a demonic spirit in Jewish lore that is believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. They can possess and kind of stick to people and objects. 
And that's actually the definition of the word. The term comes from the Hebrew word for adhere or stick to. Dibbics leave their host body once they've achieved their goal, whatever that may be. Sometimes, though, they do need to be assisted. Back to the story. (laughs) Kevin took the Dybbuk box to his workshop where he planned to refinish the item and gift it to his mother. Kevin, you're a dumbass. (laughs) He left it there and went upstairs to open the shop and begin his work day. Burn it with fire. (laughs) Later on, he left to run some errands and his employee was in the store alone. While out, he received an incredibly panicked call from his employee. She was in hysterics and told him that someone was in his basement workshop breaking glass and swearing. When she tried when she tried to escape, she found that she couldn't. It seemed the intruder had locked the security gates and barred the emergency exit. She was trapped. Kevin hung up with her to call the police. While doing so, his phone died. Convenient. Right. He was speeding down the highway trying to get to the store and in his um from his memory of this, he was going ninety to hundred miles an hour trying to get to the store. When he arrived, the security gates were locked. But he could see his employee curled up on the floor of his office in the fetal position, sobbing with her hands over her ears. Kevin thundered down the steps to his workshop, ready for war. Once he arrived, he was almost bowled over by the overwhelming stench of cat urine. Weird, because there had never been animals in the store or the workshop. He tried to turn on the lights and couldn't. He discovered the source of the glass breaking his employee had heard. Every light bulb was broken in the workshop. All nine of the bulbs had been shattered in their sockets, and all ten fluorescent tube lights were in pieces on the floor. The basement, like most basements, had a single entrance exit. There was no one there. After the terrifying ordeal, Kevin's employee fled and never returned. And I don't blame her for that, because that's Uh, scary. I, if I'm going to get fucking kidnapped and trapped by a fucking Mm -hmm. dibbit, you bet your ass I'm out. Give me some hazard pay, at least. So, (laughs) this was on the beginning, though. Once Kevin decided to get started working on the box, he found that it had a pretty unique mechanism. If you open the right door, the rest of the cabinet opens, including a little hidden drawer in the bottom. He found some very weird things inside. Two locks of hair, one brown, one blonde, that were tied with string. One 1925 U.S. wheat penny, one 1928 wheat penny, a small granite figurine engraved and gilded with Hebrew, a dried rosebud, a gold wine goblet, and a small iron candlestick holder with octopus-like legs. Put it back, bro. You fucked up. (laughs) After seeing the intricate mechanism, Kevin decided not to refinish the cabinet. He cleaned and polished it instead. And in this process, he found an inscription in Hebrew on the back. Thinking nothing of it, he finished up and prepared to gift it to his mother after her birthday lunch the following week. That is not a gift that I would want. Yep, I don't want it. Put it back. The day arrived and Kevin's mother arrived at the shop to meet for lunch. As they were preparing to leave, he presented her with the wine cabinet. She loved it and began examining it closely. All of a sudden, the phone rang in the next room. Kevin left to answer it. When he hung up, His employee came running into the other room to tell him something was wrong with his mother. When he arrived, he found her slumped next to the cabinet with tears running down her face. She was completely unresponsive. Kevin's mother had suffered a stroke and was taken by ambulance to the hospital. She ended up partially paralyzed and unable to speak. 
She was only able to communicate with an alphabet board, pointing at letters. Kevin came to check on her once she was in recovery. He asked how she was, and she spelled out the phrase N-O-G-I-F-T. I bet she did. <laughs> he assured her that he had given her a birthday gift and reminded her of what it was. She became, she became very upset and spelled out H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T. Damn, girl. Tell him. He told her she was sorry she didn't like it and offered to get her something else for her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've done enough, buddy. Right. At this point, our guy still hasn't made the connection between bad shit happening in his damn Dybbuk box. He gives it to his sister next. She kept it for a week and gave it back, saying the doors wouldn't stay closed. I wonder why these people are so dumb that it takes them like a week. Exactly. So... Yeah, sister gave it back saying the doors wouldn't stay closed and they kept popping open all the time. Which, given that mechanism thing, it it shouldn't be able to do. He then gave it to his brother and sister-in-law, who gave it back after three days. They complained of an odor emanating from the cabinet. This is what's kind of funny about this one, though. The brother smelled jasmine flowers from it and the sister-in-law smelled cat urine. Mm -hmm. He then... Oh, what? It probably liked the brother better. That's what I was thinking, too. Maybe the brother's got some kind of like... Big dick energy? Let's call it that. Big demon energy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) He then gave it to his girlfriend, who gave it back after two days. (laughs) See, we're getting smarter. We are. Then sold it to an older couple. (laughs) When he returned to the store the next day, the cabinet was in front of the shop with a note attached that read, This has a bad darkness. Okay. So all of that... At what point do you just go, mm, maybe I shouldn't keep this thing or just keep giving it to people? Like 10 days ago? Yeah. <clears throat> it has almost killed your mother. And like six people have said this thing is not okay. It smells like cat piss sometimes. And jasmine flowers. Kevin, this man of letters, decides to keep it in his own house. This leads to incredibly violent nightmares in which a demonic hag beats him viciously. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably deserves it at this point. Honestly, like you're dumb, bro. Uh, he awakens and finds bruises and scratches all over his body. Yeah. Family members that spent the night, as well as his girlfriend, experience the same nightmares. After discussing it, they find out that they all had the hag nightmare when the cabinet was in their homes as well. So they just didn't say anything about this. Ooh. Like the entire family, nobody said said boo about this. <laughs> I can't imagine my Mm-mm. family being quiet about some shit. That's like what I'm that. saying. Okay, so with this realization, Kevin starts seeing and sensing things in his home. Shadows moving in this peripheral, the fire alarm going off on its own, and the overwhelming stench of cat urine, which is now permeating his entire house. Having had enough, he put the cabinet in his outdoor storage, which the way he described it made it sound like maybe like a shed workroom kind of area. He fell asleep while working shortly after putting the cabinet outside and awoke to the cloying scent of jasmine flowers. And just in time to see a massive shadow uh, loping away from him down the hallway. Nope. Out inside his room. Nope. Leave. That was it. That was his limit. Kevin hit it. He was like, nah. (laughs) He contemplated destroying the cabinet, but cooler heads prevailed. He wasn't sure what exactly he was dealing with and was worried that if he destroyed the cabinet, the entity attached to it would just hang out at his house or attach itself to him. 
Thinking quickly, he listed it where haunted stuff usually gets bought and sold. eBay! Yes. <laughs> he put his entire experience in the listing along with photos of the cabinet. He set no reserve price or minimum bid. He just wanted it gone. The box was sold very quickly and then bought and sold several more times. The last person to auction the cabinet on eBay was a student named Yosef Nitschke. Yosef, in true modern fashion, blogged his experiences with the Dybbuk box. He, de he detailed the loss of his hair, burned out appliances and lights, and various other mysterious illnesses. Jason Haxton, the director for the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, was following Yosef's blog closely and decided to purchase the Dybbuk box to try to prevent anyone else from being harmed. Mr. Haxton developed some very odd health issues himself, such as hives, coughing up blood, and head-to-toe boils. Ew. Sounds like a biblical plague to me. Yeah. Haxton sought help from several rabbis who figured out how to seal the Dybbuk box again. Per their advice, he took the spooky-ass cabinet to a secret, secured location for storage. With the knowledge that the item is completely sealed, he donated it to Zach Bagans, who we know from Ghost Adventures. Oh, Zach. Mm-hmm. So the Dybbuk box is now on display at Zach's Haunted Museum in Vegas, which is great because this museum has tons of the artifacts from his Deadly Possession show that was on the Travel Channel, which I don't think it's airing anymore. I think you can catch it, like... It, they'll still play it. and stuff, okay. yeah. Um... So, not only do we have the Dybbuk box there, but Dr. Kevorkian's white van, Bella Lugosi's mirror that is cursed, and your favorite, Ed Gaines' cauldron. Oh, Ed Gaines. <laughs> I would love to make some soup. Oh, gross. Gross. <laughs> it's been washed. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it had to be taken as evidence at some point. See? And then somebody sold it off. So, yeah, it's probably been cleaned a few times. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not something I thought I'd be thinking about today. Well, you know, I'm always here for you. Mm -hmm. Full of surprises. Thank you so much. So, after your haunting and experiences with Robert, mm -hmm. <laughs> did we end up changing any phrasing in your, in your story? Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so, <laughs> guys, I'm actually kind of obsessed with um, haunted dolls now. Well, yeah, I see that. And I had shared this post of a haunted doll on our Facebook. Oh, yeah, the uh, page. Um, graveyard doll. The death doll. Yes, yeah. And the artist, like, shared our post and said thanks for sharing or whatever. Uh, and she has a huge following and her dolls are beautiful. They are. And I'm like super obsessed because they look like they would be haunted. So I actually have emailed her and I'm seeing if she'll do custom dolls for <gasps> us. Yes, please. Like in our likeness. Oh my God, what? What, what, what? For the studio because I think that would be That would be awesome. amazing. So I'm working on that. Um, That was like a brand new development like right now. Yeah, I was wondering what you were doing. Um... <laughs> And I just wanted to sneak that in before I go into my... I love it. ...traumatic haunted doll story thing. <laughs> so... I'm getting comfortable, guys. We're digging in for this. Oh, yeah. So, as you all know, haunted dolls are, like, a big thing in our culture. Mm-hmm. 
And it, fun fact, it turns out that they have been a thing as far back in history as the Roman times. Ooh. I don't have any examples for you because... Lazy. I don't know. There's puppets and stuff like that. It makes sense. So, um, today's episode, I chose a cute little bugger named Robert. Okie doke. Robert is what one might call the OG Chucky. So, fun fact... My uncle Ed was the body actor for the original Chucky in Child's Play. Mm-hmm. Kind of why I picked this guy. It's like a family thing. When I got married, um, Chucky and Tiffany were my wedding cake toppers. Oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I love it. Yep. So, okay. So, Robert is allegedly the most haunted doll like ever to exist. <laughs> he... Most modern ghost doll stories stem from Mr. Robert, and he currently resides in East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Right. So, Robert originally belonged to a dude named Robert Eugene Otto. This dude was sort of an odd duck from, like, a very early age. When he was gifted this giant weird-ass doll, he became so enamored with him that he gave it his own name. Robert. He even dressed it in one of his old sailor suits and it became his best friend. Mm. Like, this doll was almost a part of him. He took it everywhere. It was sort of like his version of a lovey. Mm, My heart. So, there are a couple of variations that kind of seem to float around about Robert's origin story. Mm Mm-hmm. In version number one, which is my favorite because it's more interesting, Mm -hmm. Um, Robert's parents were super wealthy and they employed several people to cook and clean and care for their children for them. As you do. Apparently, though, they were basically assholes to their staff all the time. Mm. So one time they were super shitty to this Bahamian maid. She got pissed off, went home, builds an evil doll. (laughs) And then, because this bitch is hard fucking core, she brings it back to work and gifts it to the little boy of the house. She is stone cold, and I am here for it. Oh, my God. Like, pettiness level expert. That made me think of um, The Skeleton Key. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I love that movie. That is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) So, okay, version two, which is likely to be the real version, but it's more boring, is that Jean's grandfather... um, had this freak face doll specifically made by a fancy German toy company called the Steve Toy Company. Okay. Um, in one article that I read, they speculated that Robert was probably originally a window display clown that they like repurposed for him. Oh. So that way it would be done on like short notice kind of thing. Okay. Um, because <clears throat> most dolls were not 41 inches tall. Right. Um, but, I mean, what kid doesn't want a giant clown to tote around with them? Mm-hmm. But seriously, though, like, let's imagine how much more terrifying would Chucky and Animal be if they were clowns. Jesus. And, and the size of us. And 41 inches tall, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, no, thank you. Okay, I hate clowns, and I now hate 41-inch tall dolls. <laughs> so, they're creepy as hell, obviously, and... One of my life rules about clowns, though, is, like, you never trust anything that smiles that much. Right. Because it's going to fucking murder you. It is going to feast on your soul, 
and it is going to grow stronger and terrify more people in your dumb little town. Mm -hmm. So just fucking no clowns, guys. Right. Clowns are off limits. (laughs) Okay, back to sweet Robert. Sweet little Robert. So, like I said, Robert and Jean are fucking inseparable. Um, And then weird things start happening. At first, people started thinking the boy was just being naughty. Mm-hmm. But like most rich white parents, um, they obviously didn't believe their son was capable of being naughty. Right. So they just took his word for it that Robert was doing these things. That's right. Motherfucking Robert mm. is haunted as hell. Yep. He talks. He trashes houses. <laughs> And he maybe even has killed before. Oh, God. And you know, I'm pretty sure he tried to kill my husband. So. This is true. There's that. Yeah. And the cat. And the cat. Um, so one night, when Jean was about 10 years old, he awoke to find Robert hanging out on his bed, staring at him, as dolls tend to do. Oh, sure. Around that same time, at the other end of the house, Jean's mom is startled awake to a cacophony of noise. Think furniture slamming around. Mm. Gene is screaming at the top of his lungs for help. Jesus, no. She tries to get in, but the door is stuck. Mm-mm. It takes her a minute, but when she finally is able to force her way in, Gene is like lying in the fetal position, and the room looks like 1987 Motley Crue had partied there. Holy shit. Like, it was a wreck. <laughs> um, and Robert the doll was just sitting in the same spot on the bed like it was no big deal. Right. Because, I mean, he's fucking gangster. It's his house. It is now. <laughs> um, so the servants and the autos began hearing Gene act out conversations with Robert. Mm-hmm. They found it a little weird that they, like, Robert seemed to have his own personality okay. when they did this. Like, he had his own way of, like, phrasing things and his own tone of voice and, like, his own pattern of speaking that was mm. different than how Gene kind of normally talked. So... I don't think that it's abnormal for a kid to talk, like, differently. No! But, like, for it to be that extensive... And to have such a... Have a completely different timbre from yeah. their own voice. Yeah. That's, that's it's terrifying. It's interesting. It is. So, um... Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> um, mutilated toys then began appearing. <laughs> there can only be one! <laughs> Um, Jean consistently insisted that it was Robert. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, people claim to hear Robert the doll, mind you, who has no voice box. Right. Giggling throughout the house at various times. Oh, my God. People passing by on the streets would claim to, that Robert would move from window to window to watch them. Okay. And I'm trying to picture the mechanics of him moving. And that's just very funny to me. Right. Um, footsteps would often be heard coming from the attic, but no one would be around to make the sounds. Mm-hmm. And people swore that the stupid doll would actually appear to be facing in a different direction, but that his gaze would follow you as you would walk by. Oh, no, thank you. It got so bad at one point that quite a few neighbors simply refused to even walk by the home anymore. Yep, that would be us. So, um... You know, as kids do, Jean grew up and 
kind of for Robert fell to the wayside, sadly. Mm-hmm. And he ended up moving into the attic and was mostly forgotten. And then many years went by. Um, and Mr. and Mrs. Otto both died because they were old as shit. Right. And Gene ended up inheriting the family mansion. And he kind of moved home with his wife and retrieved Robert from the attic. Mm-hmm. And he gave this doll his old childhood bedroom as his own. And that's where he would, like, spend his time painting. That's sweet. Honestly, a little is so yeah. So fun, odd, but sweet. Fun fact: Gene was a very well-known artist in his area, and um, the rumor was that he would spend his days alone in this room mm-hmm. painting. Like, I just kind of love. I have this mental image of them, like this mad artist painting with his doll. Yes, and they're both cackling at inside jokes. Oh, together. I love it. Or they're like in a deep conversation, or like discussion like they're debating Mm -hmm. i love it like i wish i could art because i would make (laughs) i wish i could art i could i would make that um can we can we request something from matt (laughs) i don't know then he'll want like dirty videos i mean he's gonna get them anyway i'm so lazy though (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so somehow grown-up gene at some point, traveled to Europe and snagged his wife, like I mentioned, yeah, his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he married Anne, who was a Boston native and was at the time abroad studying music. She would end up going on to become a concert and jazz pianist. Very cool. Um, so after they met and had their whirlwind romance and married, he moved her back to Artist House, his childhood home. And kind of her, him, and Robert lived there happily ever after. <laughs> Not really, though. Actually, the rumor is that she hated Robert the doll and, and that he may have driven her crazy until she died. But um, I, I can't confirm that no. at all. Can't confirm. Um, so they're, they live there. They hire this plumber one day. The plumber comes in to do some work. And he's like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> Because there are children laughing, but no kids live here. Mm-mm, nope. No kids in the house at all. And he also said that, um, you know, Robert was there in, he would like be sitting at the left side of the window and dude like went and did some stuff and he came back and he was like on the right side of the window mm-hmm. and the shit that was in his lap was across the room, like he had thrown it. See, no, that, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then so um, Malcolm Ross, a Solaris Hill reporter, once visited Robert and said, it was like a metal bar running down my back. At first, we, when we walked through the door, the look on his face was similar to a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, who are these people in my room and what are they going to do to me? I mean, but think about it. Somebody just walked in here, like... Yeah. I yeah. don't blame him. So he said there's there was some kind of intelligence <clears throat> there. The doll was listening to us. He even tells about how at one point, one of his friends made a comment about being Gene being a dumbass for keeping Robert. Mm-hmm. And instantly, Robert's facial expression changed, and he looked pissed. Get him! Which was enough <laughs> to freak the damn reporter out. So Gene lived with Robert in the house until Robert died in 1970, or I'm sorry, 
Jean lived in the house with Robert until Jean died in 1974. It's hard because mm-hmm. they're both Robert, but... I know, it's confusing. But I'm trying to call them each different <laughs> Um. So Anne died two years after Jean in 76, and after that, a woman named Myrtle Reuter purchased Artist's house, and Robert came with it as a package deal. Right. So she ultimately lived in the home with Robert for 20 years, and then even when she moved out, she took him with her. Mm -hmm. But she ended up donating Robert to Fort East Martello Museum in 1994 because she said that he moved around her house on his own on a regular basis. (laughs) And I don't understand that. Like, you've already lived with him for 20 years. Right, what's the problem? Like, why now are you mad? Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, they got divorced. Robert lives in the museum now. And she ended up dying several months later. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a coincidence, though. I bet mm. Robert was just hangry. <laughs> so, <clears throat> initially, Robert was not on display at the museum, but he started receiving visitors almost immediately. Right. Finally, museum staff was like, what the hell? Why not put him out there? If that's what the people want, that's mm-hmm. what the people get. Um, so then almost immediately they noticed that cameras and various other electronic devices would malfunction around Robert, mm-hmm. but then mysteriously would be fine later. Yep. So the museum started receiving letters from, um, previous like non-believing members asking Robert to forgive them for their rudeness while they were there and disrespecting him. Mm-hmm. So like, apparently it's a thing to ask his permission before you take his photo. Otherwise he will haunt your ass like he's doing to me now so when visiting robert you are instructed to greet robert and introduce yourself if you would like to take a photo of robert or with robert you have to ask permission first you also can't leave the museum without saying goodbye to robert because he is a stickler for manners i love it if you fail to follow these rules you may be subjected to any of the following accidental burns mr delayed flights Divorce, lost luggage, animals dying, illness, lightning strikes, and car accidents. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so at the end of my research period, I accidentally stumbled upon this interview in Key West, Florida Weekly that was written by Maxine lopez Keogh. Mm-hmm. So she was talking to this wackadoodle author named David Sloan, who... I now follow on Facebook and you need to as well. Oh, oh, that's right. I completely forgot to do it. Yeah. Um, so this dude has written a few books about hauntings in Key West and he wanted to clear up some misconceptions about Robert the doll. <laughs> so in this particular interview, he talked about how he believes that Robert wasn't exactly cursed. He believes that Gene was actually psychic and was drawing spirits to himself and that he was likely seeing and playing with his deceased friend. Um, but he also insists that um, Robert was not the inspiration for Chucky, but he does acknowledge there are some parallels. Okay. But um, I don't know how much I trust Dude because he also insists that there are multiple entities that still are surrounding Robert and that they are trying to give him cancer to shut him up. Oh boy. So just take that for what it's worth, but that's, you know, one theory about it. Can we talk about how <laughs> David Slo- look at this. Holy mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> I am that soul patch is magnificent. He looks like the Guy Fieri of True Crime. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> like look at he's got like the like 
Oh my god, this is amazing. Like the mechanic jacket Yes. Look. It's like a members only jacket and he's got oh. a Bud Light in front of him. This oh, is perfect. buddy. You are on a bowling team. Oh, wow. And you're probably packing some small heat. He's not a bad looking guy, but oh boy. This is... He looks like he would run a pawn shop. Yes! A pawn shop or like one of those beachside bars that's like really, mm. really trashy. Yeah. Those. Oh, wow. He's living in a van down by the river. <laughs> I can't keep that. Oh, my God. He runs ghost tours, too. Oh, my God. We are going to Key West. We absolutely are. We this are is amazing. going to befriend David Sloan. Oh, my God. He says he has firsthand experience with Santeria, voodoo, ghost communication, and paranormal investigation. Bitch, book our tickets. We right. Out. Immediately. We out. Oh, yes. David Sloan, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, babes. We are a whole lot of lady for you to handle. He, he ain't mm. ready. So, guys... <laughs> Before we leave you, I would like to ask that you take a moment and go write us a review on iTunes. Mm -hmm. It just takes a second. You click how many stars you think we deserve. Five. <laughs> and you just write a few words about why we're so great. Right. Um, the more that you do that, the more exposure that we get and the more likely it is that we can take the show on the road eventually. So, um, please do that. Reminder, we are still looking for members for our SSS street team. Um, we've had a couple people reach out already and I am working on getting those things out today. So. Yes. So, um, yes, we're still looking for street team members. We'll send you goodies. You can keep some of them. Like, you get the first run of our merch for the most part. Yeah. Like, it's sneak peek, babes. Yeah. So, you can like us on Facebook. You could follow us on Instagram, SSS Podcast 13. You can also tweet us at SSS Podcast. Cast 13. Yep. Um, you can email us to tell us you want to be a part of our street team and, mm -hmm. how, and how much you love us. Or maybe you just have some weird shit that happened to you that you want to talk about. And that is SSSpodcast13 at Gmail. If you just think our voices are lovely and you want faces to put with the voices well, <laughs> and you just want to stare at our website for a while, you could go to SSSpodcast.net. And as always, go drink factory coffee. Always. Um, once they're right back open from yeah there. once our once our uh, emergency cautionary period thing but you know what they have that coffee cart <clears throat> at the entry of the new pacific rim store yes and they're also so, going to be at um people's food co-op yeah so you can still kind of get your fix absolutely so thanks for listening guys have a great week bye, bye.